0: So they're seeing this face that you're putting on, but they're not necessarily getting to be accepted as part of the family sure. and, and have that experience.
1: And unfortunately, it feeds right into this view that people have of Christians and the church is it's this, this sort of fakey, perfect show. Hmm. And, and we live under it as Christians. We go, oh, I got to act a certain way, look a certain way, be prepared a certain way. Sure. I, I have to speak perfectly. You have to look perfectly. My house has to be perfect. My presentation of the gospel or whatever has to yeah. be perfect. And I don't know if you've had it. I've had it in my own life where people go like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys are perfect. You do everything right in your family. Your kids are perfect. Everything works out perfect because you're Christians." Dot dot dot. Uh, but think about not. it. We not. We propagate it though. Yeah. yeah. And there again, I love these leaders and I and if, they, if anybody listening knows what I'm I'm not slamming you. I love you, but I do want to implore you, encouraging people to live and pretend everything's perfect and have it all perfectly set up only adds stress to people's lives and it's why we don't treat people like family.
2: to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot
1: to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. All right, good to be here with you. Hope you're having a great week so far. We had a really good weekend here. With the grandkids, I hope I don't talk about them too much, but all the grandkids got together with the parents and all and went uh, right down to the Seattle market. If you've ever been to Seattle, you know what I'm talking about. It's the market. Maybe you've seen it on TV if you've not visited. It's the market where they throw the fish and it's a big deal and it's all this stuff. But there is every kind of food in the world. Uh, my son was listing off all the different foods that ended up being sampled here this weekend with the grandkids, and it was so many, and it's international, it's nuts. Maybe you'll get to check that out someday. It is wonderful being family and getting to expose others, like in this case, maybe the grandkids and all of us to so many different exciting flavors and things to see and do, and I'd love to be able to take you as well. If you've not checked out our Cigars and Theology Live yet, you're thinking, man, I would like to visit Seattle, go back a couple of episodes Check that out. I explained the whole process, how we do cigars and theology and do a deep dive into theology, but completely conversational with guys. We've got that live event coming up here in, oh, I don't know, a little while, depends on when you're hearing this, I guess. I would love it if you'd come on out here and join us. It's going to be at my house with a bunch of the guys we do this with. We're going to have happy hour and dinner and go through cigars and theology And then I'm going to give you all the tools to take it home and do it. Yeah. So I hope you'll come join me for that. And you can get all the information at everydaydisciple.com forward slash theology. Today, though, we are going to talk a lot about family and how people are made to either feel like guests or family. Let me get back to that in just a second. I have just announced this week, maybe you got an email from me. I just announced this week that we're going to do Discipleship as a Lifestyle Live virtual workshop coming up here in April. And uh, there again, depending on when you're hearing this, please uh, maybe check this out at least. We are going to be offering a bunch of things that we've never offered in this way before, as far as training goes, going deep into really the idea of how would you begin to live discipleship as a lifestyle. And it's not tips and tricks, it is the grounding of sort of the thinking behind it. But then it's very practical because it's a workshop, you're going to leave with done takeaways of things going, oh, this this changes a lot. <laughs> this changes a whole lot. And so uh, I'm, I, I want you to be able to check that out. There's going to be some major shifts that'll happen for you in, in light of this. Uh, we're going to break this up into a few pieces. Uh, the first section is called Discipleship Starts at Hello. And I'm going to really tweak your mind a little bit about when does discipleship start with people and what is it really all about? And give you an understanding that will tweak everything a bit. It really will. But it's it's such a good thing. It's such a good tweak because it it uh, takes all the pressure off. Then we're going to get deep into building relational trust in every type of relationship. And why that's so important is if it be your own kids, your spouse, neighbors, people of peace, some friends at work or whatever, if you don't have the skills and the understanding of how you move a relationship forward in trust then you'll never move them into discipling and and entrusting Jesus in other ways as well. So we're going to spend a lot of time on that. And that's going to be immediately usable. You're going to see application all over your life the moment you hear it. And then you're going to discover how to move discipleship out of the classroom and into the normal rhythms of life. We talk a lot about those kinds of things here, obviously, on the podcast. But we're going to go deep into that. And that's where you're going to get some of those immediate like, whoa, I did this today. And it works and I could have my kids with me and family. So anyway, this discipleship as a lifestyle, it's virtual, it's live. You will also get copies of the replays if you register and join us. So head on over to everydaydisciple.com forward slash lifestyle. That's everydaydisciple.com forward slash lifestyle to go ahead and find out all of information and hopefully register to join us for that. It's really, really, really inexpensive you're definitely gonna to wanna to get down on this. All right, now I wanna to move towards today's episode. You're gonna hear a conversation between uh, Heath and Tina and I, and we're gonna talk about helping people feel more like family when they're around us, either at our church or in our homes. Just think about this for a second. Guests never do any work or preparation, but family members always pitch in, they get to, right? And compare and contrast this. We, we try and impress guests with our hospitality, having everything perfect, the house all ready, our best recipes and all that. But family members expect to be part of the flow and help themselves to whatever they need. And so are we treating people like guests or like family? And this goes for both in our homes, but also in the way people feel when they come to our church services. So I want you to listen to this conversation that we had. You're going to love it. I love when Tina's on the show. And then we'll come back, and I'll wrap up with uh, this week's big three takeaways, the things you will definitely not want to miss to be able to apply this in your own life today. Take a listen. Yay! (laughs) Tina's here with us. I'm here. This is awesome. This is the stuff your parents and teachers forgot to tell you, but your wife has been telling you over and over. (laughs) Talk about this stuff. So today we are going to talk about this, like the difference between – uh, you know making people feel like family sure or do they feel like a guest they, yeah. they kind of sound both sounds good when you say like hey are you treating people as good guests oh, sounds kind of positive feel like mm-hmm. family that better upgrade yeah absolutely And how does god see us and all that so
2: yeah i'm super excited to finally have tina on as a guest she's got so much experience in mission and living out the gospel identity why don't you guys share a little bit about how you guys met one another and maybe see your favorite story of her
1: Wow. I should probably just defer to Tina because everything I'll say, (laughs) she'll adjust it and then change the date. Because Tina knows the exact moment, time, date, atmospheric barometer barometer (laughs) pressure, everything.
0: And your life is always so much better when you realize that everything I say is right.
1: You're right. You're you're absolutely right. So Tina and I, in the brief, feel free to jump in, honey. Um, We met in high school. Uh, We were 16 years old. Uh, Tina came to a talent show at my high school. My band was playing and um what was was your band name it's called chain reaction
2: awesome yeah
1: (laughs) and when we when we wouldn't do what the the teacher putting on the the uh the talent show wanted us to do right she said well you can just take your chain and react somewhere else (laughs) 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 i can remember that that is awesome ouch right anyway (laughs) but tina was there and i briefly met her backstage i guess which backstage i mean it's a talent show there's a million kids running around but uh that's that's where we met Hmm.
0: And Caesar had the coolest pink satin costume It was ever. lavender. It
1: was lavender. Wow. It was pink. <laughs> we got to put a picture of that in the show notes. If, if and we what know. did you think that day, Tina? What, what Kairos <laughs> moments befell you?
0: I said, this is the guy I'm going to marry. No, actually, I really, <laughs> really had a kind of a God moment there and thought God was telling me that. So and wow. it came true. So I. And
1: I was only like the fifth or sixth guy that week that she had <laughs> said, I'm going to marry this guy. He speaks through lavender suits. Yeah, it's shiny and awesome. And guess what? I think we still have it somewhere. I think it is still somewhere. It's in a bin. It has been this used. is awesome. It has, been, <laughs> it, has been, it has been used along with major amounts of spandex and studded belty things for many a Halloween costume for our oh, kids over the years. I love yeah. that. Okay. Anyway, and Tina is amazing and ha- has always been making people feel super welcome yeah. like, and feel like a part of things, yeah. right? not only in community because we didn't always live the way we talk about now. I think we always had a lot of friends around and because we did meet when I was playing in bands, we were kind of the band house. Everybody just lived at our house, hung at our house, ate at our house, did their laundry at our house, you know? And and we had to learn how to manage people like, Hey, Hey, Hey dishes, you know, like, Hey, toilet paper, like, you know, all that stuff. Um, but like, I can remember like Tina even made my dad feel like a part of the family (laughs) compared to everyone else. Like, not, not. I mean, in his life, my dad just, he wasn't Mr. Fun Guy. Like, mm. and so, yeah, still rocked Yeah, it. and
0: he didn't even really actually like me all that much when he first met me, but I <laughs> did manage to win him over in the end. But a lot of that boiled down to when uh, he came over, when the family came over, I really did try to treat them like family. And though I would always try to do special things for our family just to show them how much I cared, I still treated them like family and, and didn't uh, cater to every whim. Um, However, Mm. Caesar's dad was a bit of a picky eater, and I I have to say— Picky everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not like me. I'm not that way, hardly much. Most
0: of the things that he didn't like to eat were the things that I liked to cook, which made it a very uh, interesting thing for me. But it seemed like, after a while, that he would eat pretty much anything that I made because I made it, which was fairly amazing to me. Much to the
1: chagrin of my sisters and my mom. But what was going on, and he would say things like this, is, I just feel super comfortable over here. I just feel great around you guys, like your family. I, I don't know. You know, I love all the kids. I love you all the same, but I just feel really comfortable oh. here.
0: And he, he did finally tell me, he's like, you don't treat me like a guest. You just treat me like family, hmm. which was pretty amazing. Because he pretty was family. Yeah. But
1: see, my dad was always that outsider and kind sure. of broken and, you know, yeah. and didn't believe his identity and all that stuff. And even as a Christian years later, it still was like the way they had people over and even the way like we did family dinners at my folks house. Sure. It was more like an assembly line. Okay. Right. And kind of in and out and cleaned and gone. Right. Yeah. So that was a big deal. And I, I'd pay attention to that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah. And so that, that's early, early on, Yeah. but that kind of seeped also into then how we lived. Yeah. Right. With others. Absolutely. Believers, so not believers. Yeah. Let's
2: talk about where you guys are at now, because you guys live in a really cool way. You have an open home. There's a bunch of regular traffic patterns. You see not only day to day, but week to week, month to month. Would you explain kind of what's it like, uh, being in a Kalinowski house.
1: <laughs> well, there, there's, um, we do have an open home. We live open home. Like we say, the door is all the door is always open. Sure, and and you know this, right? yeah, yeah, bargain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can go straight to the fridge. But I mean, we live in different seasons of life. We've had times where literally people are over almost all the time. Like mm. any given day, loads of people through the house. The meal is expanding. You know, finding sure. chairs, folding chairs, jammed around. You know, and there's other times where it's it's more organized in the sense that. Um, folks are around more as things are planned than less, but that that's one kind of grows the other, more of those uh, intentional organized things. Like right now with our new neighbors are leading to more organic interactions Sure, and them just stopping over for whatever, drop something off, borrow something. Yep. You know, I I love it. You know, kid runs over, my dad wants to know if he can borrow a wine opener, you know, like yeah, yeah, totally. And here's the bottle of wine in case, you know, like right. And so, yeah, we've had, we've had different seasons like that and it's, I don't like I'm trying to think like is it easy? Is it hard? I think it's normal. I don't
0: I think it's been normal for us. I'm not sure that it's necessarily so normal out in regular culture. It seems like our our society these days like you have to call before coming over and yeah. if your doorbell rings everybody freaks out. <laughs> uh but for us I've always counted it like the highest compliment when somebody would just actually pop over, you know, huh. or if I could just go next door and borrow a cup of sugar or something. That-
1: you remember years and years ago, it's back at the mega church. That thing is before we were even like leading or pastoring sure. in any kind of big official way. Uh, but our friends, Dave and Ron Oswald, and I know they listen. <laughs> so if you're yeah. out there, shout out. Um, they uh, we just stopped by one day.
0: Yeah, we were out driving around doing like the Sunday drive. You we know, dropped like by you three kids,
1: <laughs> you know, and we just stopped by and they're like, hey, what's up? And we're like, just stopping by kind of in the neighborhood, literally. And, you know, and so then we're like, oh my God, come on in, of course, you know. And yeah. then we end up having, I think, dinner. We kind of fostered yeah. ourselves, fostered onto them. They were a
0: little shocked that we stopped by at first. And then their whole family was over. So then we, you know, just ended up hanging out with them. And I, I oh, think fun. we did end up having dinner with them. And I can
1: remember how many times afterwards they're like, you know, so that was the coolest thing. Like years yeah. later, that was the coolest thing. I just stopped on by. And we kept telling them, like, because we see you as family, your brothers and sisters, mm. and your kids are like our little brothers and sisters. And, yeah. right. And so, so
0: we shouldn't need an invitation to stop by. If your family, yeah, and absolutely. our kids
1: didn't really ever know a house where someone wasn't living with us, sure. or like, hey, hey, well, who's that guy? Like, I don't know, I just met him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's kind of smelly. Yeah, I know, but he's like, he needs a hand, and he's hungry, and yeah. and so he's yeah. why is he wearing your shirt? Because <laughs> he didn't have one. You know, or yeah. his was, his was shot. It was really, really shot. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. And he, and and he, I need a pair of your socks by the way, because you're you're his size now, son. You know, whatever. <laughs> 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 so that that comes and goes. But the other um,
0: side of that too is that our kids had the freedom to bring home their friends and huh. and people. There was never any time when people their their friends weren't weren't allowed yeah, allowed or even welcomed into the house.
1: Yeah. So and it's still the same now when they have their own homes yeah. <laughs> and they're married and they're coming over for something, I'd say more than half the time one of them at least is, "Oh, by the way, I invited so and so over too." Yeah. And they're spending the night. <laughs> you know it's awesome yeah and it's great okay you get to and there's there again like there's always room at the table uh we'll always find another pillow and blanket somewhere and you know you might be on a couch you might be on a blow up but yeah, you know we'll take care of you and and this comes from seeing everybody like family huh. like literally we ask people like like if you and kathleen and the kids like knocked on the door at 10 o'clock at night it wouldn't be like hey what uh yeah and if you said you know what our house burned down or our house flooded They'd be like, well, you're staying here then. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be like a question like, sure. oh, wow, sucks to be you. What are you going to do that? You know? Yeah. And so when we start. I'll be praying see, for you. <laughs> <laughs> be warm and well fed. <laughs> yeah. Um. But when you start seeing everybody as family. Yeah. Believers, not yet believers. When you start seeing others as image bearers, creating God's image to be like you in just as much need as us. And then thinking, whoa, must suck to have your basement flood or sure. be homeless or in need or just hungry or nowhere to go on this holiday. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Then you start seeing them as family. Then you start treating them as family. And believe it or not, when you treat people like family, they feel more like family.
2: Absolutely. It's actually leading. I was just thinking about the story with your dad and how he said, you know, I don't feel like a guest. I feel like family. You guys often talk about the difference between treating people in your home like family instead of guests. Uh, Wouldn't we want to take care of our guests and make them feel comfortable when they're over?
0: Absolutely. And I, and I, there's nothing wrong with serving people. The difference is when um, between really between treating people as guests and family is when, when you treat somebody as family, they have all access. You know, huh. they can root around in your refrigerator. They can search through the cupboard And they know
1: it and they feel comfortable too.
0: Right, hmm. right. It's that privilege and access into all the parts of your life, not just the shiny parts that you want to show them at this particular moment. Yeah,
1: it's
2: I, actually doing life together.
0: Yeah. It yeah like really With is. our
1: son-in-law Daniel, like we knew he was really part of the family. And this happened pretty quick for him. Uh, with Kristen is that he comes over and he just straight to the, you know, straight to the snack, you know, <laughs> shelf or cupboard or straight to the fridge and he's just making stuff. Huh. He doesn't even ask.
0: Yeah. Cause cause sometimes I get a hug in, in advance. Sometimes it's just straight to the snack. Because he doesn't
1: have to. Now, yeah. check this out. Just this week, preparing for this particular topic of like, are we making people feel like guests like at our churches in our home or like family? And what's that hmm. difference? Um, I, I got something from actually a really respected leader in the church and someone mm. I really like and follow. But they sent out this article uh, about, um, like they had gone and learned some stuff from Disney. Okay. Like some sort of Disney intensive on how Disney treats their guest. And they were comparing their Disney experience to their Sunday church services and suggesting ways to make your Sunday a lot more like Disney. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yikes, yeah. right? And so like they had said something like, they were quoting it it said certainly Disney found its purpose and the secret of its success in providing excellent service and cut to customers and visitors and tourists. But because words have power to shape our attitudes and actions, you know, um, they they were never used to describe Disney's target audience instead of our guests were invited and wanted and welcome. And they said, what's the, you know, what's the difference between treating someone like a visitor at your church and treating someone like a guest. And, you know, I'm just like, wow and i'm just like i'm looking here i'm glancing while we're talking you know it says exceeding guests expectation is disney's service strategy and that you know and that's what ours needs to be at church so hmm. friendly helpful parking teams that makes you feel like family yeah because you remember the last time you were at your mom's and the parking yeah, team my, yeah my with stepdad's out there with some orange cones <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like hey ma thanks for moving the orange cone um uh getting you to and from the parking lot entrance successfully huh you know um trash removal, uh, beautiful landscaping maintenance. Yeah. This is the list, right? It's crazy. Team leaders visible, badged and, you know, and everybody can tell. <laughs> and I'm going like, "Oh man, who they're not seeing that church service and experience as a family getting together." Yeah. There's no way they're not. And so that's why they could easily compare it to like, you know what we can learn from Disney? Hmm. And they're saying, "Don't treat people like visitors, treat them like guests." And I think what we're advocating for is let's go way further and let's treat people the way God treated us, yeah. the way God sees us. God sees us as his offspring. Scripture says that we're all created by God in his image to be like him. He's a father to all. We all bear his last name, Paul says. Yep. And he not only sees us that way, but how did God treat us? When we were far from him, middle finger to God, ruling our own lives, far from him, Yeah. he pursued us. Right? Absolutely. Where are you? A, a place at the table, hmm. you know, right? And, and I'm telling you, Like there is a huge difference when we see
0: and treat people as
1: family than when we treat them as guests. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I love Disney. I love their experience, the the Disney, you know, customer service and and guest experience. But you got to realize that is a completely consumeristic.
1: Sure. Bill to get every dollar out of your pocket possible so you'll come back. (laughs) It's
0: not. It's not necessarily meant to make you feel like a part of a family.
1: Yeah. So, that's... you know, you know, here's, here's another thing they said in that email. Like it was crazy. It says, what's the difference between treating someone like a visitor and treating them like a guest? Hmm. It says the obvious analogy is that we do things differently when we bring guests into our home and we're saying, don't bring guests into your home.
2: Yeah. Bring
1: family. Yeah. They say, we clean up the house. We hmm. dress up. We put on, you know, we put on the show. We prepare something special. We host them. We take care of all their needs. Huh. I'm like, that's not what I do with family. Yeah. I don't dress up special, like yeah. seriously. Do you? I mean, you know, like, I, I don't want to tell people, hey, when you're doing life in community, when your kids come over, when your brothers and sisters are hanging out, yeah. make sure your hair's done right, make sure you got your best clothes on, yeah. make sure the house is perfect, make sure it's all laid out and everything's sure. prepped, make sure you know they don't have to do a darn thing. Yeah. Don't let them, don't let them stick around and help clean up. Oh my God, you know they're guests, right? Yeah.
0: And all of that really just creates, like, a very false environment where people aren't getting to know the real you or your family, for that matter. Um, They are seeing this this Disney's (laughs) make-believe. Let's remember that. It's
1: make-believe. It is (laughs) make-believe.
0: And so they're seeing this face that you're putting on, but they're not necessarily getting to be accepted as part of the family and and have that experience.
1: And unfortunately, it feeds right into this view that people have of Christians and the church is it's this, this sort of fakey, perfect show. Hmm. And, and we live under it as Christians. We go, oh, I got to act a certain way, look a certain way, be prepared a certain way. Like, sure. I have to speak perfectly. You have to look perfectly. My house has to be perfect. My presentation of the gospel or whatever has to yeah. be perfect. And I don't know if you've had it. I've had it in my own life where people go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys are perfect. You do everything right in your family. <laughs> your kids are perfect. Everything works out perfect because you're Christians. Dot, dot, dot. Huh. But Think about <laughs> not. it. We Not. We propagate it, though. Yeah. yeah. And there again, I love these leaders. And I, and if, they, if anybody listening knows what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm not slamming you. I love you. But I do want to implore you, encouraging people to live and pretend everything's perfect and have it all perfectly set up only adds stress to people's lives. And it's why we don't treat people like family. Yeah. Because we think it is a show. Well,
2: and then you 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 spent 20 years getting to know somebody and you don't know them because you've only known the perfected version of who they are. That's it.
1: They come in, they sit down, they're afraid to, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, we sit in your front room. You can tell no one ever sits in here except during Bible study. And I was afraid to. You know, you were really clear about getting shoes off and golly, you have white furniture and white couch <laughs> and a glass table, you yeah. know, a, a coffee table. I was afraid to death, yeah. you know, that I was going to blemish something. Then, but then I was noticing with all the pomp and circumstance, everything was served on paper plates and plastic, huh. paper cups for coffee, nasty coffee yeah. tastes like bread, you know, <laughs> like, like if you're so worrying about putting on the
0: show, could, could I have a real cup? Yeah, <laughs> an know? actual fork. How about a fork?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's amazing.
0: The sad part is you're really projecting a very false image of yeah. who you are and who your family is, and and you're making them feel like that they have to live up to it. Yeah. Which and subtly,
1: that's what God wants and expects from you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. not so subtly. I yeah. do I mean, we've had it. People, our friend, family and friends used to walk around in eggshells around us, hmm. and it was our fault. But some of it was what we drug home sure. from the church service, because, and then later on when we both worked on staff. Yeah. Everything had to be perfect. It was all about perfection and sure. excellence. And I actually think you should do, if you're going to do something, do it, do well. it well. Do the yeah. best you can. But the ethos and the attitude behind how you treat people and when they're in your home or even at your church service, uh, there's a big difference if you want them to feel like a guest yeah. or feel like family.
2: Yeah. What um, what are some ways that you guys would suggest that we can treat people like family both in our homes and in our churches?
1: Okay. So let's start out with the homes. huh? Yeah.
0: Okay. So the very, very first thing I have to tell everybody, and this—I am 90% of the women I know just cringe when they hear this—but don't worry about having a spotless home. When people come over, what your home looks like is what your home looks like, and it's okay to let them into the messiness and the realness yeah. of your home. Yeah, you don't that. want to
1: project that perfection's required to enter here. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, right? or, or you can't touch anything or, you know, if you touch something and move it, it you know, the whole house is going to fall apart.
1: Yeah, oh man.
0: I think I've I shared had before. I that season
2: even with my kids. Like when we'd have neighbors over and stuff, it was like, God, yeah.
0: clean
1: the house. It needs to be perfect. Why? And yeah. you start seeing things that haven't been cleaned for and a and month. And the opposite's and... true. I think I shared this story before on Life School of a couple we knew. They're like, no, 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 no. We don't have anybody with kids over. I'm like, well, why not? You got a great house and yard. And they're like, look at all our stuff. We spent a lifetime collecting this stuff. It's our favorite stuff. What if they break all going to end up in a garage sale one day. Right. <laughs> so invite people into the normal mess of your family, normalty tea and life. Love it. It's okay. It really is. I've never, ever heard anybody go like, you know, there's a little bit of like milk spilled on the chair or yeah. like,
0: there was a little tear in
1: that. You yeah. know, I saw a dust bunny. Like no one's, yeah, like, no one's doing that. No. Else.
0: no in fact, m- the more likely response is like, she's got dust bunnies too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. How about second one there, T? What what do you got for us? Treating people like family, making them feel like family in our home.
0: Yeah. When you have people over, whether you've invited them over or they just show up or whatever, um, let them help with what's going on. Um, If you've got something that they can do to help with the meal or sometimes taking out the trash. I mean, I've had people over and I'm like, you know, I need these like six dishes that are in the sink right now. Could you just wash those up real quick? Hmm. Um, Like I didn't
1: get to it or we used them already prepping the meal. Like, what
0: can I do to help? You know, sure. everybody yeah. asks like,
1: oh, you could wash those dishes or you mind running this out and throw it in the can real quick because the garbage is overflowing, Caesar, you know. Or <laughs> <Well, we're laughs> even
0: keeping your kids busy so you can just finish up the last few details, you know. That's what yeah. good aunties and uncles do. Absolutely. You
1: know? Kind of like give everybody a job. Like, you yep. know, and yeah. like our friend uh, Sally Breen, she's, yeah. she's so good at this. She oh. come over, 75 people over for like training and community and all this stuff. And everybody's got something going on. Everybody's doing a little something. They all feel valuable. They all feel needed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's cool. And they are, right? Yeah. And, and then you look at her. She's not stressed because she's not doing that much. She's just kind of helping delegating people it feel out, like yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, um, when folks ask, like, hey, can I bring something to dinner? Hmm. Like, give them something to bring. Instead of saying, No, no, I got it. I got it. It's all taken care of. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And I love this because I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to the the, like meals and stuff. And I always want to make sure I have everything. Um, And so sometimes I don't want to ask people to bring stuff because what if they don't come or don't come on time or, you know, don't have it. And so sometimes I will ask them, you know, to go ahead and bring stuff and just have some backup just in case. Yeah, Maybe you bought it,
1: but that's okay. You got salad. Let them bring salad. Yeah. You don't want them feeling like, I'm not really needed in yes.
2: this. Right. Let them be part of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. And that lets them have a part of it. They're going to bring something anyway is what i found. If you go yeah. like, no, I don't need nothing, they'll just bring some wine. Hmm. And that's okay,
0: right? But how about just let them know? Yeah. And then if you have backup for it, it's okay in case they don't show. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite things to do when people ask, if, you know, what can I bring, especially if it's the holidays or something, I'll, I'll – ask them, well, what does your family usually do? For if, So if it's a holiday, if it's Christmas, what does your family usually have on on Christmas? And that on, not only invites them to bring something to Any family to traditions
1: that we could dig on? Sure, you're Right. And But that. then it
0: gives them the opportunity to tell the story, not only to me, but to anybody else who's there for Christmas dinner. Yeah. You know, well, this is my family's favorite thing, and my aunt always brought it or I made it that. or whatever. And so it really helps um, bring their story to the story of your family.
1: Sure. All Mm -hmm. right. Next one is, and some, for some of you, this can be super hard, but I'm telling you, let or even ask people, everyone, in fact, to help clean up afterwards. Yep. You're having a party, you're having a hangout, a study, Mitchell community's over doing whatever game, Super Bowl party, whatever, birthday party, uh, let everybody help clean up. In fact, even ask for it. Yeah. Cause when you ask someone, Hey, could you, would you mind stacking all those for me? Or would you like scrape all that? And I'm going to load them. Like just scrape
0: them. I'll load them, you know, whatever
1: you're telling them, like, I see you as family. And I'm telling
0: you, it works. Like, Sometimes I, we've even, like, actually come out and said that. Now, you guys are all family here. You're all part of our family. This is Team K. We're all family together. So now everybody's going to help clean up. You get to. Before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you get, get to. to. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. And then try and see, um, you know, everything in your house and the layout and everything. Try to, try to like, see what you're doing. And you know, if you've not been living this way, try to see it through you know, the experience through the eyes and perspective of others, Huh? you know, like, Hey, like we've been doing like, you know, we've been doing small group at our house for like, you know, a hundred years or yeah. like, Hey, we do Christmas over here every year, but like I do everything sure. and everybody splits. Like how are people experiencing it? You know, like how would, or how would a guest, okay. Okay. Who you want to feel like family f- experience it. Do you think would, yeah. what's the tone? What's the ethos of that? Do, did you point out like, Hey, here's, here's where the drinks are. And over here, there's some juice boxes for kids. And uh, if you don't find something, just dig around in the fridge. And yeah. most of the snacks are out, but there's also some on the shelf in the cupboard and over here. And so just dig in. Yeah. And if we run out, rummage around or ask. If you don't see something you want, ask. We probably got it. You know, uh-huh. like how are they experiencing it? Or is there a presentation? Like yeah. try to walk through your last event and yeah. see how much of it felt like family and how much it felt like, hey, people felt like they were really well-served guests.
2: Yeah. Right? Even thinking through, we've talked too, like, Put your turn your porch lights on, open up the windows, make you know, make <laughs> it feel like it's a house that's a, a vibrant and welcoming, not an yeah. old castle that's closed it's up. Totally
1: dark. You're you're <laughs> everybody's coming over. Like like
2: what? <laughs> uh so okay, now let's move on to the church uh service sort of things. What are some ways that you guys would suggest that we could treat people better than guests, but actually as family when it comes to church services? Yeah.
1: Give everybody Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the trams oh, to the the trams know. to the front door. Yeah, <laughs> Charge right. them to get
1: in. All right. We'll go through these a little bit quicker, okay? Because yeah. people have to dig this out based on their own traditions and these things. Some right. of them you might not be able to change them like yourself or very quickly. But sure. ideas, right? Let's give you some ideas. Sure. Um, um, first, let's start out with this. Are you helping your church see themselves as a family hmm. and believing their identity as brothers and sisters because they have the same dad in heaven who sent a son, Jesus, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, right? To, to yeah. take a bride, have many offspring. If they don't believe their identity as family, then they won't treat one another like family, even when they show up at the family reunion, sure. quote unquote, on Sundays, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, start with the language even, you know, language really creates ethos. Yeah. And so so telling, you know, at, talking to everybody, saying brother and sister or, hey, remind, hey family, you know, we're glad you're here this, you know, this week or yeah. today or um, that really kind of is going to start setting the tone. Yeah. right off the bat. How
1: often do people hear this at a church service? Now, if you're a first time visitor here with us, you know, yep. then, then there's, you're under no obligation to give. Huh. Hey, if you're a guest here, would you just raise your hand? If you're a guest, would you just go ahead and we're going to, just raise your hand for a second. We're going to pass a card to the center. Sure. And so like, not only do we single people out, which would be yeah. weird in family life, but huh. we also name them as they're not really part of us. Sure. Ooh, That's language tough. is important. Um, are the folks in your church helping others feel like family and and familiar to things Hmm. and how do they normally treat family when they meet family at home? Are they treating people that way on Sunday or are they completely in different mode? Hmm. Uh, Is that making sense? Yeah. Like are we helping people see people when they show up as their family members or is it like, I don't know, I'm trying to get to a good seat. I got to get my kids to the nursery (laughs) and drop them off at greenhouse or whatever it's called, (laughs) you know, little sprouts. And then, (laughs) right. So, or, you know, or, or is that someone's uh, job? Is that assigned to a special greeter with oh. a badge and there's a hierarchy? I remember my dad made like head usher. He was stoked. You know, oh, that's like, awesome. Highest yes. calling ever, right? Right? He think loved ab- to ush. He loved to ush. <laughs> my father could ush. <laughs> ush the heck out of you. Um, think about this. You're at your house. You're having a meal. Maybe yep. it's a holiday meal. Uh, and then you notice someone floating around the living room or sitting at your dining room table and you've never met him before. Sure. Like, what would you do? Go over and. Engaged conversation. You would be like, "Oh, I hope someone else talks to that guy." Yeah. Well, he's what's he doing here? Yeah. Like, is that the, the yeah. pizza delivery guy? You know, yeah. right? So you would, of course, you would engage people. And sure. and we've had, heck, man, not too <laughs> a few weeks back at at uh, Cigar and Theology, you were over, yeah. Um, a whole bunch of new people coming yeah. over, and I remember having to right away going, "Hey, brother, so welcome! Like, yeah. glad you're here tonight. Why? How are you here?" <laughs> yeah. Like I'm it. friends with so and so. Great, man. Welcome. Are you hungry? Can I get you? Yep. Let me show you where some stuff is. Uh, feel free, right? Like yeah. anytime. If you want to eat now, eat later. I don't. Care. You know, here it is. When you're hungry, help yourself. And when you that's would... the atmosphere, it, it
2: so quickly feels like family. I mean, within five minutes, we're into each other's life stories. It's like, hey,
1: I'm going to go grab a beer. Do you want one? I mean, there's. I'm going in, and anybody need yeah refills? Yeah. Like right. absolutely. And so, so like carry that over to like the church service on Sunday. If you see someone at your church service, and this is supposed to be a family gathering, we all nod, we're, yeah, That family, we're a mm-hmm. family, then you'd talk to everybody. You wouldn't leave it up to a special person's job, sure, right? Like, you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but maybe you need to teach on this as a church. Maybe you need to have a rotational, like, missional community or small groups. So, like, hey, this missional community is handling it first week of the sure. month, and this one's that, you know, but their job is helping people feel like family Hey, here's where we put our coats. Let me help you out with that. Don't just take it and whatever. Give them a number, like at Bellhop or whatever. You're like, let me show you that. Hey, where's the kids? Like, do you have a place for our kids during that? Yeah, we totally do. And if they dig it, that's cool. If not, they could hang with you. Let me show you where that's at versus pointing and hoping. All that kind of stuff. Like, what if you, instead of like having a special department of volunteers helping guests feel a certain way, family members treated others like family and helped them have a killer experience. Yeah. And then- what are you doing afterwards? Because we get hungry and we want to eat. And you know what's weird is churches will say, they'll they'll do surveys and ask people, number one retention thing. Someone invited me out afterwards. Yeah. Oh, you uh, mean like a family member? Yeah. That's how you treat right, people. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Love that. How about another one, T? For making Sundays church services feel yeah. like family more like than guests.
0: If If we say that we're family, then we also need to have a space that reflects the family, which means that, you know, you're... Your, uh, service area or your space that you're gathering in, where you meet, where uh, you meet, where is, they walk into, shouldn't feel sure. like a college lecture hall or, you know, some sort of, uh, you know,
1: like a show's about show. to show. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: It really should feel more like a family living room or family room, you know, mm. an area that's comfortable that, uh, lends itself to talking to the people around you, not just like sitting and staring at the person's head in front of you. Yeah. Um, I'm really so not a fan of pews. I understand the liturgy of that, but it just doesn't lend itself to creating any kind of family atmosphere. Sure. Um, even stuff like, do you have and are you telling people, hey, there's coffee back here in the corner. And, you know, if you at any time want to get up and, you know, get a refill or whatever, you just feel free. If you need to stretch your legs or whatever, stand up. It's OK because it's just a family here. We're just mm. gathering is there
1: food. You know, is yeah. there snacks? Why not? That's what a family does. Yeah, I, I, my family never. I'm a capital N, it, you know, never yeah. gets together where there's not food and drinks. One of the huh. few
0: times that we can actually say something with an absolute is that <laughs> there is always food. So your church says, well, event. we do
1: food, like, well, how often do you do it every week? Yeah. Why not? Right. And in, if it's family, is it the cheapest, you know, most disposable way of doing it that you, po- you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I, also, I know right now, some people are listening to like, well, we. sorry, but our building is set up like for a show. And it's never going to be any different. And we get a lot of people coming, so that's why it's a matter of efficiency. Well, you know what? You know what I say to that? I say if you were in the business of like a, you're like a contractor and you're building homes, and you go like, yeah, but I own a two seater. You know, my car is a two seater. Just mm-hmm. is, you know, I guess I'm stuck with it. How do we, how do you haul lumber? How do you pick up stuff and supplies? Yeah. And sheets of plywood and drywall. Like, guess what? You'd do. You'd change it. Yeah, over time you'd figure out a way. You'd get a different vehicle. And so if your vehicle Is just, and I know a lot of people, it's like, no, our building kills community. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know what? Pray, change it. How about color? How about seating, lighting, the tone, the 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 language you use, all of that, right? Yeah. And then there again, just like we said with the house, try and and see the experience of what people are coming when they walk in that door Mm -hmm. or drive in through the eyes of a person is a brand new family member. Mm. Are they feeling like family? Yeah. Or are they coming to a, a, a show? And they're shuttled around, and no one's really talking to them except the people are supposed to, and maybe sure. not even that. And then when I get here's a program, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never handed out a program at Thanksgiving in my house ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. A lot crazy? of people like it. Well, yeah, okay, they like it for the show because I like to know who's up next, you know. But <laughs> but anyway, they know they're definitely
0: going to feel more comfortable if somebody's taken the, the time to say, hey, here's the coffee, you know, and just Absolutely. feel free to help yourself. But the last part of that too is that I want to say if if God. He didn't plan to include food and stuff. He probably wouldn't make communion mm-hmm. take place during the course of a meal. And I think that really speaks something to his heart she, about yeah. our family and what we're called to do and how we're called to come together and remember him, which is really what we're doing at these gatherings, yeah, right? Absolutely. So if if we're not creating that same type of environment or excluding that completely, then I think we have to really think about what we're, you know, what we're actually, what doing. We're actually yeah. doing. Historical note,
1: the early church— we don't have a lot of evidence of what they did when they gathered. The one thing we know for sure was central was they took communion together. They had a full meal. It wasn't, huh. it wasn't like two plastic cups, one stacked on top of the other, boom, bag passed down yeah. the aisle. It wasn't any of that. It yeah. wasn't once every other month. It wasn't quarterly. It was central and it was a meal. And It was always, thinking yeah. Think about it, Jesus could have done anything. He seriously could have pointed out and said, you see, when you see that rock, you just remember like, I'm never changing. And, and mm-hmm. my love for you is never going to change. And you see that tree? I'm about life. It's always growing and it produces new life and seeds, right? He could have picked a million things. He picked a meal and yet we've all but moved meals completely out of our Sunday experience. And even when we do the very thing, the common union, the communion that he said, this is a meal, we've, it's not a meal anymore. Mm -hmm. At best, it's a walking up in line and grabbing a shard of bread and dipping it in something. Yeah. I don't know. You Not know, good like let's have a meal yeah. like we get to, right? Anyway, as always, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. This can to be hard to condense down to three things, but I think I got you here. Now, if nothing else, I don't want you to miss these three things. And by the way, as always, you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download. All you have to do is go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Here's the first one. Remember, God sees every other person on earth as his kids and part of his family too. And he wants us to see people that way. So that makes them all brothers and sisters. And some of his kids we know are far from him or they don't know him or trust him yet. But that's why we're here. Right. We get to start showing them dad's love, the love of our brother, Jesus, God's own son, and that there's a place for them at the table. Hmm. Okay, like we got to start seeing everybody's family. All right, Tina, second big three takeaway. What do you got?
0: God is not looking for or expecting perfection from us and our hospitality skills. Hmm. So we just need to lose the fear of having a perfect house or being Martha Stewart and impressing <laughs> everyone with your efforts and skills. Just invite them into the family, into your family experience. you
1: be you. Yeah, I love that. And make sure there's a place at the table and they're going to love it. Okay. And then third is begin to see your house as a tool and a resource for building community and kingdom. Hmm. Right. Viewing your home not as a refuge or a hiding place, but rather as God's house changes our view and the ethos of how we're going to treat others who are there with us. Join us there. So start having a weekly open table. That's a meal where everyone and anyone gets invited in regularly, like do it weekly, and and then treat them like a member of the family, not as a guest. Some Mm -hmm. of the stuff we talked about earlier. Remember, the goal is not for us to look good, but for others to experience and see just how good our heavenly father is. All right. I told you that was going to be a great conversation. It might be a little bit convicting, but there's some immediate application. And I think much of this is kind of the duh factor. Like, yeah, why wouldn't we treat people that way? That's how I'd want to be treated, do unto others as you would have them do unto you sort of thing, right? So I hope that's encouraging for you. And again, I want to invite you to join us for the Discipleship as a Lifestyle live virtual workshop that we're going to be doing coming up here real soon. It's going to be everything we talked about here in spades, but some real practical, immediate get started while we accomplish those things together. And you're going to love all that training. Please go over to everydaydisciple.com forward slash lifestyle and check that all out. There's a whole lot more information and you can register to join us for that. For the live training, there's a couple of different times, so it's going to make it real easy for you. And you get a replay of all the training as well. So you'll have that forever. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us today. I'm looking forward to you being back with us again as we continue to dive deep into how the gospel speaks into and transforms all of life. That's what discipleship's about. Everybody move in that direction together. And I hope you'll join us again next week. Talk to you soon.